Hey, Mystic Michaela spiritual family. Welcome to Know Your Aura with Mystic Michaela. Well, a little warning here. This episode is not for the faint of heart. We are talking about demons versus ghosts, and we're centering it around self-proclaimed demonologists, Ed and Lorraine Warren. You may recognize that name. They make some appearances in the movie The Conjuring and Annabelle, and Scotty here has been doing some research. Hey, Scotty. Hey, guys. Yes, I've been... Doing a lot of research on the on these two, I've been reading the book *The Demonologist* by Gerald Brittle, and I I think we have to cut my research a little short. I was actually planning on doing this one week later, but ever since I started reading this book, there's been kind of weird things going on around the house. Yeah, I, I don't want this book around anymore. Yeah, you actually, I have to keep this book outside. I can't yeah, it, I keep it on the porch. That's true. <laughs> it, it lives on the porch now, and it's kind of. You know, again, I'm not 100% sold on this stuff, but it is a little bit freaky. I've been, I never wake up in the middle of the night. I, you know, I go to bed at like 11.30 and I wake up at 7 o'clock in the morning and it's just like, I wake up. You know how I am, right? Yeah. And you can watch anything. Like you can watch any horror movie. Yeah. You can watch the scariest movie ever and drink 18 cups of coffee and still do that. Yes. I can drink a cup of coffee at 11 p.m. and... Go to bed at 11.15. Right. I'm trying to say, like, you know, you've been reading this book. It's not... Usually, you're not influenced by things. Like, somebody will be like, well, you're reading a scary book, so you've been waking up like that. Yeah, and it had been waking up around, like, 3 a.m. Yeah. Like, until... Actually, when the book was outside, I didn't wake up at 3 a.m., so it was pretty pretty neat. And actually learned from the book, do you know why the the 3 a.m. is, like, the... What do they call it? Like, the spooky hour? Why? Well, according to to Ed, it's... Ed uh, Warren, it's because... um, Now, Jesus died... At 3 p.m. Okay. It was the reverse of that. Oh, that's wow. why that's the spooky hour. Okay. Like the devil's hour is the opposite, according to Ed. Again. Okay. So it's 3 a.m. So, But you've also been saying weird things. Have ha- You're not reading the book, and you say weird things are going on. I refuse to read this book, and so I'm a terrible sleeper, and I always wake up at 3 a.m. no matter what. That's just my life. So that's not unusual for me, but weird and weird things have been happening. And yes, you're right. Last night you stuck it outside and I slept fine for the first time. <laughs> Very strange. But here's the thing. The first night, so I came down. So what happens is every night, because I'm just like an insomniac and this is just my life. All right. So I get up usually between 2 and 3 a.m. And I'm just, my legs are restless and I can't go back to sleep. So I always do the same thing. I kind of, you know, and I don't want to wake you up, but with my tossing and turning. So I'll go downstairs and I'll sleep on the couch. So I grab my blanket and my pillow. And I have my own little routine with myself that I grab a drink of water and I go to the bathroom and I'm walking around. My point is I'm awake. All right. And I always turn on the fan, which is over the couch. So I set up my bed and I turn on the fan and there's a switch and you have to turn it on and then the fan's on. Okay. No problem. Now this book has been sitting on the coffee table, which is right near the couch for like two weeks now. And I hate it, but I'm just like, whatever, move on. Like I try to shut it out. So all of us, and I go and I lay down and I go to sleep. All of a sudden I wake up with such alertness staring at the fan, which is off. And I, and the way that I woke up is weird because it's not like, oh my God, it was just like awake and I'm looking at it. And I almost feel like somebody woke me up like that. And I'm staring at the fan and the fan's off. And I'm like, I turned that on. I, I can't go to sleep with it off. So I know that I turned it on. And I remember turning it on. I was awake. And I look and the and I'm like, okay, well, maybe the motor 
went out or something. No, the switch is back to the off position. So it had to be physically switched off. So that was night one. And I'm like, that's weird. And also I felt funny about it. Whatever, move on. Turned back the fan on and went back to sleep. No problems. Next night, same thing. I wake up. I'm like, okay, come downstairs, do my thing. Lay down, get it all, get my bed all set up on the couch. And then Banks, our newest little black cat, he comes and lays on me, which is weird because he never usually, he's a cuddler like that, but he lays right on me. And I hear all of a sudden a really loud noise in the kitchen. It sounds like when the circuit breaker turns off, like snap. And I think we all know what that sound is like. You know, storm, you'll hear like snap like that. And I look and and I'm like, okay, maybe the circuit breaker went off, but I feel something else, okay? And that damn book is still staring at me on (laughs) the coffee table. Uh I'm a slow reader. (laughs) (laughs) And I just knew it was connected. And I look at the cat, like I'm paralyzed at this point because I just feel like something's up. It's just like a feeling in my gut. And I'm not scared. And ghosts don't scare me at this point, by the way. Like, and, and spirits don't scare me. I do mediumship. Like, honestly, dead people do not freak me out. If I do mediumship, sometimes people, um, your loved ones will visit me the night before a reading. Like, it's real. It's to me, it's like, hey, like, it's not a problem. This felt different. It felt like something was there and it was intelligent, but it was really arrogant. And it, it's kind of like, if I'm getting chills talking about it. It's kind of like if you let somebody in the, if you didn't let somebody in the house and they were walking around like they owned it, like kind of looking around like, hmm, what's this? What's this? What's this? And I'm like, oh, like it felt weird. Then I'm like, Megan, are you crazy? And I look at the cat and the cat is following something with his whole head. He's like looking around, looking up and down, looking all over and I always tell people, if you think something's up look, and you have pets, look at your pets because they'll, they'll confirm to you what's going on. I mean, it looks like he's watching something move in the same spot I feel like it's moving. And I'm like, okay, this is really screwed up. And I turn on the TV and I just put <laughs> oh like, like, I don't know, baking, like food network. I'm like, okay, it's okay. It's okay. And I didn't want to move. And then that's when the next day I was telling you about this. And as I'm saying, like, you know what, Scott, I need you to finish up with this book. I don't like it in the house. It feels like some sort of portal. I don't like it in the house. And as I'm telling you, I happen to be cutting a cucumber and I cut myself. Yeah. I never, I mean, yes, we all could, but it's just, it was weird. That moment. Yeah. And you were like, well, you know, Megan, they go after the weak people. (laughs) (laughs) So anyways, I'm done with this book and I don't want it anymore. And and you've also been saying there's been weird noises at night. And weird sounds going on. There's a, I mean, I keep hearing footsteps walking around and nothing's in there and in the rooms. I just hear things. I know what the house sounds like. It sounds different. Yeah. So it's like different sounds of what I'm used to. Well, we could be in the first stage, which is infestation of an inhuman (laughs) spirit. So, well, let me, let me actually get to this for a second because you, since you were talking about that. So there, there's, According to the, to the Warrens, and we'll get into like their colors and all their history in a little bit. But first, they claim there's ghosts, and then there's inhuman spirits, which are like demons that would you know. So for a ghost, 
the, the Warrens almost like take it like that, that's like just 100 percent. Oh, of course, there's ghosts. Like we're not even going to argue whether a ghost exists or not. It's whether demons exist or not is the question. Uh, so so a ghost is like someone who's stuck here in limbo. According again, this is all according to the Warrens and you can you know, you can give your take on it, too. Usually someone who's like died suddenly, traumatic circumstance. Uh, maybe they're still attracted to something in this world that they can't pass to the next world. They might not know they're dead. Okay, so that that's a ghost. And typically a, a ghost um, is either there because they're trying to communicate with you to tell you something. Like, you know, hey, I didn't, you know, I, I died, but I didn't mean to die. Or, you know, they want to tell you something. Um, things like that. Do you find that for ghosts? Oh, yeah, this is yeah. just for ghosts. And I again, that's something who was once a, a human. Yeah. So when I do readings, uh, sometimes your houses, honestly, a lot of times your houses have some sort of attachment with somebody in it, like a ghost, you could call it or whatever. And yeah, it's the same thing. And, and if you have kids and this person was a mom, all of a sudden, like they might wake up, you know, and they might be more active or they might try to like interact with the kids more or something like that. Or if you have a dog, they might all of a sudden, or certain rooms can kind of be more active than others. And usually it's just somebody who, this is how I interpret it. Cause I'll, I felt different kind of ghost energies. It's like, it, I do agree with what he said because sometimes they don't know they're dead. Like it's a kid or something. And they're like, they don't even understand that they're dead. So that's when, if you feel that you think, you know, it's time to go to the light, it's time for you to go to your, go find, you know, go to the light. Okay. You're dead. And it's time for you to go to the light. Everything's okay. Like you can, t you can talk to them that way. Or it's somebody who just chooses to be here. I feel like it's a choice sometimes. So they're not exactly stuck. It's because my parents' basement is haunted. And we've talked about this on the podcast. Right. And that person to me feels like he just wants to stay there. Like he'll move on when he wants to, but right now he's cool. You know, so I see, I feel like sometimes they'll stay in a spot to process or they'll stay in a spot just because they liked it and they enjoyed it. You know, that's why they kind of perk up sometimes also if you're remodeling something. It depends on, on the ghost too. Like if you're bringing it back to its original luster, they really like that. But if you're doing something and knocking out a wall or if you're making a bedroom that was their kid's bedroom and you're turning it into, I don't know, like my you know, blowing out a wall and making it part of your closet. Like they might have an issue with that. Like they do have opinions about things and they'll make that known to you. So yeah, I'll see this all the time, but they don't freak me out. Sometimes you got to tell them like, stop it, you know, or you got to be like, calm down or I live here. You don't get to call the shots. But a lot, I would say like a lot of you live with ghosts and you probably know it and you're just like, oh, whatever. They're just, it kind of makes the house more homey. I have to tell you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and, and the way he describes it in the book, uh, he does it very logically. It, he actually takes like, go, oh, that makes total sense. Cause like, you know, you sometimes, and you, I think you've already just said this, but like, like a few families live in a home. How come, you know, three families don't hear a peep. And then the fourth family, all this activity happens. And then it was, he was also saying what you said, which is basically, let's say the ghost that I mean, the child, let's say died in the 1800s of, let's say the mom died in the 1800s of, in childbirth. Mm -hmm. Right. And then a, a new, a new family moves in and a new mom moves in with a kid. Maybe then the ghost comes, the spirit comes to that family. Yeah. Whereas like the previous three families, they didn't feel any connection. So they never came through. Yeah. So he says the same thing you did. 
So that's interesting. It kind of wakes up energy. There's no time on the other side too. So you'd be like, well, what were they doing for a hundred years? It's like, that didn't exist a hundred years, you know, because time's always the same. It's always the same moment. So that makes sense to me. I mean, sometimes, yeah, if they're, if they died and they don't know they're dead, that, that can be hard too, or it's traumatic or, or they're just not done with, with something. They, they can feel very yeah kind of stuck in a loop. Yeah. That. And, and they did, you know, claim that they wanted to help people get those ghosts to go to the other side, yeah. wherever they go, you know, to, to have them stop haunting the house. But this is where they get controversial and there's ghosts and then there's inhuman spirits. Okay. So the Warrens believed that an inhuman spirit is a, like a demon, something that has never taken human form and is disturbing the peace, let's say, in your home. Um, there's a lot of signs of a inhuman spirit versus a ghost. So this would be like they claim to see large black masses. Okay. Darker than the darkest black you've ever seen. And, and Lorraine Warren have claimed to have spoken to these dark masses. Um, this is where it's like a, a sense of pure evil. It comes from, they believe, Satan. This is where you'll have foul smells, mm. uh, rotting flesh, blood. And remember when we did Amityville Horror, there was a marching band that came at midnight. You know, they would st- they'll steal things from you. They'll destroy things. They'll possess, even possess you if they get to that stage. So that is where the Warrens, I guess, differ from a lot of, let's say, like a ghost hunter. Mm-hmm. So there's two different things here. So you could be hunting ghosts like we do on our Halloween specials. Right. Um, or there's inhuman spirits walking this earthly plane. Okay. So that that's the big difference. So when you were describing in the beginning, yeah. it seems like you weren't describing so much ghosts anymore. No. You might be describing some of these inhuman spirits. Yeah. Yeah. It felt different. It felt different. It felt different, yet intelligent, but different um, and just kind of curious. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that and the Warrens would say that is the first stage. Great. So we're in that first stage. All right. I do want to get into their colors. Okay. I want to get into one of their most famous cases, the Annabelle case, the doll. Uh, but let's take let's do a couple of ads, and when we come back, we'll do that. Are you ready for a New Year's reset? Sakara's organic meals are nutritionally designed to support your goals. So you can get the results you want in the new year and beyond. Another thing, they're actually delicious, which makes it that much easier to commit to yourself. What does Sakara do? Well, they deliver science-backed, plant-rich nutrition programs and wellness essentials right to your door. Their ready-to-eat meals are nutritionally designed to deliver results from weight management and eased bloat to boosted energy and clearer skin. And right now, Sakara is offering our listeners 20% off their first order when they go to sakara.com slash K-Y-A or enter code K-Y-A at checkout. That's Sakara S-A-K-A-R-A dot com slash K-Y-A to get 20% off your first order. Sakara.com slash K-Y-A. When it comes to looking good, Stitch Fix, it has you covered. You can say goodbye to endless browsing and hello to fresh picks curated for your size and taste. I love the Stitch Fix quiz. I go on every so often and just answer the questions about what I like or what I don't like just so they can curate 
my picks exactly for my style. It's very personalized. It's easy and fun to get started. You just take a few minutes to set up your Stitch Fix style profile. You can answer a few questions about what you like to wear, what you don't, and how open you are to trying new styles. They listen to everything. Then Stitch Fix's expert stylists go to work finding items exclusively for you. Every piece is handpicked for you and is unique to your size, style, and in your budget, making it the best way to discover clothes that make and look you feel your best. Stitch Fix will send you five pieces to try on at home. You keep what you love and you send back what you don't. Shopping for turns and exchanges are easy and free. Plus, there's no subscription required. You can try once or set up automatic deliveries. There are no hidden fees ever. Sign up for Stitch Fix and get the season's latest pieces for women, men, and kids. Sign up today at stitchfix.com slash KYA to get $20 off your first purchase. That's stitchfix.com dot com slash kya to get twenty dollars off your first purchase limited time offer purchase within two days of sign up hey scotty hey guys i'm gonna tell you the little reason why i gotta cut this short i was working on this last night and my back yeah is killing me That's right now working on this is Usually I'm fine. Like right now working on this podcast, my back is like hurting. Yeah, you're like, groaning. You've oh. been sick this week. You never get yeah, sick. It's weird. I never get sick. Yeah. And I've been like a little bit run down a little. Maybe you can hear my voice even. All right, let me give you the background on these two. Ed and Lorraine Warren, and then I want to get a deep dive into their colors that maybe no one's ever done before, right? Mm-hmm. All right. So Ed born September seventh, nineteen twenty six in Connecticut. Lorraine born January thirty first, nineteen twenty seven. In Connecticut, I believe the two towns are like 10 miles from each other. Very close. Uh, Both were raised Roman Catholic, uh, went to Catholic schools. Lorraine is Irish Catholic, like yourself. Yeah. Um, She considered a psychic medium, uh, highly psychic, could see auras, just like yourself connections here yeah <laughs> it's weird she's indigo purple too she's like indigo me. purple yeah okay, okay all right and all right ed's colors just quickly don't go into it but he's red okay he's very very red red blue or... he's like red purple with okay. like an inauthentic blue okay but the red's funny and i do i do say this because like we have gotten some messages where people <laughs> are like these guys remind us of you yeah and I, and i'm like all right and you know maybe in the beginning but then there's some things like i don't, I don't want to be like these guys but all right anyway uh, he also, you know, as a kid, he claimed that he lived in a haunted house. He claimed from a very young age that he saw ghosts and spirits. I don't know if inhuman spirits, but ghosts. So he was he was a believer. Uh, he came from a military background. Dad was, I think, a state trooper. He went into the war. He fought. In, uh, he was in the Navy during World War II. Um, I think I think his ship had an accident or something. I can't. I don't remember on that one. I, I apologize. They, after World War II, they, they get married. So, and this is, I think, the end of the, yeah, 1945, 46, they get married. They don't know what to do. They're just, you know, he fought in the war. What do you do next? So they did a lot of odd jobs. I think he was a, a bus driver at one point. 1952, eventually they're going to find, they're going to found their own um, psychic research foundation the new england society for psychic research and how did they get into all this yeah yeah so they were both they, they actually thought they'd do artistry things with art like painting but they didn't know what to paint okay okay so one day and ed 
was like kind of like the idea guy here. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Can you relate? Yeah. <laughs> at, at first I was like, this is a little creepy, you know, <laughs> you know, all right. But anyway, and he had this idea of like, they would read of like hauntings in the local papers because, mm-hmm. you know, they're from New England. So there's, you know, there's a lot of hauntings in these like New England states, right? You know, it's from the 1600s people settled there. So a lot of hauntings. And what they would do is they would read about these hauntings. Then they would drive to the person's house that claimed it was haunted. They would do like an artist rendering of the house. Who did? Ed and Lorraine. Oh, They'd really? like make a painting. They drew it? Oh, yeah, okay. they drew it. They painted okay. it. Yeah, whatever. And then they would knock on the person's door and they would show them the painting of the house. Okay. And they would say, hey, you know, do you like the painting? Do you want to do an exchange? We'll give you the painting if you tell us, give us the scoop on what was going on. For the haunting. Because there were no, like, you couldn't slide into anyone's DMs slide back, into the DMs then. back then. <laughs> so that's so, you, that's what you had to do. Right. So Ed wasn't, you know, writing producer. <laughs> yeah. Trying to get meetings with the Kardashians. <laughs> right. He was just, you know, painting pictures. Okay. And spirits and hoping the homeowner would let them in. Yeah. To give okay. them a shot, I guess. So, I mean, so that's how this whole thing starts. I don't, I think they kind of fell into it. I don't mm. think they went into it saying, hey, we're going to be demonologists. Yeah. Um, so they were creative. They were creative with it. Yes. Right. Creative with it. All right. So what I want to know, I want to do a little deep dive here into Ed's, let's do Ed's colors first. All right. What do you got? Now you got to understand like sometimes, uh, you know, generations affect the aura, like different generations. There's different, I don't know, like things. So his, when I look at him in his pictures, like he's very, very red, Okay. you know, to the point where I'm like, does he have a drinking problem or an issue with addiction? He feels like a very ragey person, like that kind of a thing. At the same time, I, he's, he would feel very functional. He'd never admit that that was anything that he had problems with. Um, so, so kind of like the inside's not always matching the outside. There's not a lot of interior communication there. So he feels like a strong personality traditional type guy f- that you would expect from that time period. Okay. You know, this is right. This is wrong. Duh, duh, duh. Also he does, you know, he does feel like, well, they are, you just said they're a hustler. Yes. Like he feels he likes, he likes the hustle. You know, he feels he's got like a salesman thing going on. I will say this though. I feel like he believes himself and I feel like he backs up what he I feel like he has a reason behind it. So it's kind of like that red aura thing. Like, you know, this is okay that I'm going into people's houses and asking if I can do this because, because I'm doing it for the good of something. So I feel like he's got some sort of rationale or reason behind what he does. That's not money. It's like, I'm helping, but it really, I mean, he's making money too. Yeah. So it's kind of like, he's, yeah. So that feeling. And I agree with that a hundred percent. And he, 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 the reason why I'm sticking around what I stuck around with this book was because he was very logical in how how he spoke about the ghosts and, mm-hmm. and the demons. There's there's parts where it gets off the rails, but it's very logical. Like, okay, that makes sense. Why like what I was saying earlier, well, why wouldn't a ghost haunt one house but it would you know, one family but it haunt another? Yeah. And I always wondered that myself. I'm like, yeah, wouldn't the the, the Amityville ghosts always be there? Right, right, no, right, right. Well, but he's saying, well, this, okay. So it is logical. I wasn't picking up blue from him because, you know, he's a, he's really into this stuff. It's an inauthentic kind of a blue. Yeah. I, I thought he might be the purple because, yeah. you know, he's, maybe he's artistic. He's, yeah. he's really into like the, 
you know, the ghosts and the demons and he's not, yeah, I didn't pick up the blue. I, I was not picking up blue. Well, him. it's inauthentic. Like I, and that is when I talk about generational, I mean, he, and he did go through a war. So there's like a PTSD element here. I'm sure there's just his own programming. There's kind of like a, like a sadness on him yeah. a bit. That's, that's kind of sad and almost like a shadow to understanding kind of deeper insights into himself, perhaps like a, like a self-awareness that could be worked on. But sometimes you're defined by your times. And I feel like he was very yeah. defined by his times. Okay. And, and the other thing that you, you did said, they, they always you know say in this book, as again, as they repeated it to Brittle, the author, they never took money when they went to these cases. Okay. Like there was no upfront money. So it wasn't like we can't like they, and they were very sure to tell us this many, many times in the book. It's like, so if you called them and yeah. you wanted them to come see, what was going on in your home, they did not say, hey, you owe us, you know, 500 bucks. So how'd they make money? Well, they made money, you know, their expenses, you have to put them up, all that stuff. And then as they were hustling, they were hustlers, they would get like appearance on TV. Okay. Book deals. Okay. All right. I mean, it's fair. Yeah. So he was, you were right on that. Yeah. But I can see him, because he knew that would detract from looking legit. Yes. You know what I mean? Which is very Red Aura. Right. <laughs> I have right. to say that. So, and I feel like he believes his own logic yeah. in a lot of ways. Okay. So that's interesting. Interesting. All right. Anything <laughs> he else? Feel, he feels difficult to live with. I'll okay. tell you that. Like, he feels like he'd snap at you. Yes. So some of that, again, could be the times. You know, men are the head of the household. Da, 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 da. I get that. But at the same time, it feels a little scary. So I get it he's got a presence to him that makes me as a woman be like, mm, he, you got to measure your words around this guy. Okay. And there are alleged claims that came out after, uh, after he died of him like hitting Lorraine at times and okay. being verbally abusive. To her. And obviously this is all alleged, alleged. The, and all of these are all, I should have said this at the beginning. These are all our own thoughts and you just taking from the book and yeah. anything that's said is just all alleged in our own thoughts. Okay. What about Lorraine? What, so you said she's purple and indigo. Yeah, so she's purple and indigo, and and um, you know she feels very intuitive to me, and very. This is her. Look at this picture. I'll put this up for you guys. This is her with the Annabelle doll, the real one. And that's flippant. The whole thing is creepy. That's creepy. Um. Anyways, she feels very walking the line to me between here and there. I feel like she was somebody who. Could you know? I feel like she was really psychic and intuitive, and can communicate with the other side. I actually relate to that a lot, but she probably didn't have a way of. Her husband gave her the way to do it. You know, like okay. he kind of plowed her through. She feels charming, and she feels like she believes herself, and she feels like she could talk, and she feels like she could definitely charm, like charm people into hearing what she had to say. She feels very brave about it. She feels confident in herself. I will give her that. She feels very confident in herself. Um, she feels really how do i put this it's kind of like when you lose grounding after a while like it feels like she kind of went there i try really hard in myself to stay grounded and i feel like she at some point maybe let that go a little bit meaning i don't know like talking about these things not everybody always believes you you know but i feel like she just didn't care like she just talked about it anyways as if it were complete so there's this thing about them as a couple yeah, that to me feels like they are going to talk about it like they're talking about the weather. Yes. And Ed, kind of like myself, you know, he just will back her 
you know, whole heart, in, at least in public. Yeah. You know, it is, she is this, she says this. Right. She's the greatest, you know, medium of our generation, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. All this stuff. What a lot of weird parallels here. Yeah, I know. I, it's kind of creepy. I just, yeah, it is a little creepy. <laughs> like, are we going to go off the deep you know, end at some point, here we Scott? Are, you know, because they're going to tell tales of seeing demons. We're just at the beginning of the show. How did we open it up? Telling I tales? Like, I don't that want. Demons are haunting our house. <laughs> So this is getting, you know, maybe we are the same. I don't know. I'm not. Oh my God. No, but I think, okay. I hope not. Yeah, I know. And you're purple. He's red. Well, he's got purple. Yeah. He's got that purple. That's the one thing that saves us right here. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, he, he sells his wife, you know, Mm -hmm. of what she does. And, you know, I believe in you a hundred percent. And I'm always telling people you're you're the greatest and all that. And I don't have a doubt about you. It's like the, you know. So. They definitely feel like they believe themselves yeah, and that they've gotten to the point where, and maybe this is because of Ed, if somebody went against them, like if somebody like in public was like this, de- you know, your frauds or this didn't happen, he would like freaking snap yeah. at them. Yeah. And you don't want to tell that guy no. That's true. And all this does come out after he passed. Oh, okay. So he passed, I think in 20, 2006. Okay. So a lot of it does come out afterwards. So maybe you're right. Maybe nobody wanted to mess with him yeah. when he was alive. Oh. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah, because that's a big thing. Like just looking at them as a couple, like I picture them as a couple and it's like, you don't want to tell this guy he's not telling you the truth because like he will freak out on you. Yeah. And that I feel like he believes himself. Yeah. No, and, I, and I got he's, that. And he, he this himself. is his character. So yeah. he's like, don't tell me that didn't happen. This did happen. You yeah. Know? I believe that. But I, I can, but them not being green. Here's the problem. I don't know what, you, I don't know if I'm getting ahead of myself. The whole documenting thing feels really lax meaning like the yes yeah yes (laughs) there's it comes out afterwards again after he passed that yeah it was like shoddy investigation at best yeah like best you need a green aura person or a yellow aura person here with and i i don't know what 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 is this the sixties or seventies or what is this? Uh, yeah, and the sixties into the seventies. They have to have some equipment that's other than just taking pictures. You know what I mean? Like you need like the electromagnetic. Da, 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 da. There has yeah, to be something, know. right? You know, I don't know not, what they had back then. I don't know what they had back then either. But I feel like that's where you need a green or a yellow or a person coming in with the better tools. So they just have something. Or even the documentation. Oh, like just note taking, right? Yeah, uh, was, I can see this them is being, like what it would be if we did. This is why yeah, we did yeah. it. Like we'd be like all slacker about documenting it and just be like, believe us. Yeah, exactly. Oh that, well, that's what we're <laughs> basically up. saying. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, okay. And then the other... <laughs> Like yeah. my whole story with the cat and everything. It's like, all right, yeah. well, where's your electromagnetic right. sensor? It's like, right. I don't have that. Yeah. The cat. You just got to trust me. The like, cat. In, in the book. That's my proof. <laughs> there's like a picture. <laughs> I get yeah. it. Like in the book, there's like a picture with like a mattress on the stairs and then like two slippers, like right next to the mattress. Like like they walked up there. Oh, they're the saying like, like a demon moved it. Yeah. And then the, the, the slippers, so like right. they, they were wearing the slippers. Okay. And, and you're like, I can do that right now. Right. Like, I can do that right now and post it on my Instagram stories and be like, hey, look what I found in but the morning. that's the difference. Like with somebody who's more tech based, yeah. they would have, oh, and at this point, this was the reading or at least the temperature yeah. in the room or something. Oh, jeez. Oh, this is bad, Scott. All right. All right. Keep going. Keep going. All right. Let's, keep going. let's take a break. We're going to do one more ad. <laughs> then when we come back, we're going to talk about one of the most famous cases that they worked on, which is the Annabelle case. We have extremely sensitive skin around here, especially my seven-year-old daughter who does struggle with eczema. 
And if you've been living with eczema, acne, or rosacea, you can relate to the frustration of trying dozens of products over the years without any long-term relief. Well, with Glad Skin, you can expect something different. Glad Skin is a new category of skin treatment that is made for people of all ages with eczema-prone, acne-prone, and rosacea-prone skin. Inflammatory skin conditions are often driven by disruptions to the bacterial environment living on your skin. Glad Skin specifically works to target the imbalance in your skin's microbiome. But unlike other skin brands and prescription medications, Glad Skin uses MicroBalance, a revolutionary smart protein that restores the balance of the good and bad bacteria that live on your skin so it can finally heal. It is so effective that 91% of users, adults and children, who tried their top-selling eczema cream reported significant improvement after just seven days. And I can, I can testify to that too. It has been such... A saving grace in our family, especially with my seven-year-old who has flare-ups. And this has been, it's just been something that neutralizes it and balances it out and and keeps our uh, consistency, which I really appreciate it. Um, Glad Skin with MicroBalance is steroid-free. It works without harsh ingredients and is clinically proven to reduce eczema symptoms. It's also gentle enough for babies ages three months and up and approved by the National Eczema Association. Start your journey to stronger and healthier skin today with Glad Skin. They are offering my listeners 15% off plus free shipping on your first order at gladskin.com slash KYA. That's gladskin.com slash KYA for 15% off plus free shipping. Gladskin.com slash KYA. Hey, Scotty. Hey, guys. Well, I hate horror movies. Yes. And I've never seen The Conjuring and I've never seen Annabelle. I've not, I just, I can't watch you them. They, they stress me out. Yeah. All right. Well, let's... <laughs> Can you handle this case of Annabelle? Well, no, it, it's <laughs> creepy. I have the pictures. I don't even want the pictures on my phone. It, yeah. It's like, I don't mind. It's so funny because I, I love mediumship and I think dead people are great. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> right, I'm right. into that. Like what? Like they're just people. They're really friendly and cool. I, I don't like this stuff. It's dark. All right. Well, let me tell you the story. Okay. Let, all right, yeah, sorry. Let's, all right. I don't know the story. I just know it's a creepy doll. It's a creepy doll. Uh, that's what I know. Yeah. 1971, the Warrens get a call. Okay. This basically that this creepy doll has been running around their apartment, right? So they get a call. It's two nurses and then one of the nurses has a fiance. So it's Deirdre, uh, Lara, and then Lara's, Lara's fiance, Cal. Okay. So they're, they're about in their mid twenties and apparently this Raggedy Ann doll was a present. So in the, in the movies, it's like a, I think more of like a porcelain. I haven't actually seen the movie myself. It's a porcelain doll. Yeah. They probably couldn't get the licensing or something. Yeah, right. And probably Raggedy Ann doll wouldn't have looked good in the movie. Yeah. Maybe it didn't look as creepy or whatever. I don't know. But It's a little, like, honestly, just seeing the pictures, it's a little over the top creepy where yeah. the Raggedy Ann doll is actually so creepy. <laughs> So you're saying the real doll is actually yeah. creepier. Yeah. Okay. Like they tried a little too hard with this porcelain doll. Yeah. It has like a sinister look. It's a little silly. Okay. And but it's also possible because if you go to Spirit Halloween, they have this animal that like everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> so I could be just influenced from that. All right. But continue. All right. So the two nurses don't know what to do. So they get a hold of the Warrens, of course. And for free, the Warrens come down to So are they like in the, like the phone book? 
Like, hey, got a ghost? <laughs> like, what is, like, what is like that? Like Ghostbusters? Yeah. Demonbusters? Yeah, like, what is that? How do you get yeah, in touch with them? I was wondering them? that, too. My, I was wondering that myself. <laughs> they, did, like they, were, uh, they did work with the Roman Catholic Church. So they okay. were in the Rolodex of the Roman Catholic Church. So if you went to your local priest and you said, hey, I'm being possessed or some possessions are going on in my house – the church would sometimes refer you to the Warrens. That's a hookup. Yeah, they they were hooked up with the church. Well, hmm. yeah, they, he's actually the only like because usually if you're a demonologist, you're a member of the clergy of the Roman Catholic Church. I believe at that time he was the only one, the only person that was not a wow. member of the clergy. How do you and figure that out? A demonologist. Uh, are you going to talk about the Catholic thing? Yeah, well, we can okay. talk about that. Yeah. All right. Anyway, so the, the Warrens get there and. Ed claims, you know, for, you know, we got a lot of these stories. He wants to make sure this is legit. You know, most of the times it's just nonsense, right? And so he asked some questions, you know, where, where'd you get the doll? It was a birthday gift from her mom. My, my, my first question is like, why is your mom giving you a Raggedy Ann doll when you're 25? But he didn't ask that question. So, I, you know, I don't know how great his red is. Because like my first question like, wait, what? You got a Raggedy Ann doll for your 25th birthday? Like, what's going on here? Um, anyway, so that they claim the two the two nurses and the fiance claim that the doll would move every time, like they left the house, they'd find the doll in diff- different positions, different rooms in the house. Sometimes the doll would be kneeling, which if you know if you ever seen a Raggedy Ann doll, it'd be very difficult. They don't kneel; a, they're <laughs> floppy. Yeah, right. They'd find notes that the dolls wrote. What? Yeah, <laughs> like help, help us, help Cal. Cal, the, the guy's name, they'd find blood on the doll, all the all these things. And, okay. you know, Ed does take a – and I also will say of the two people, most of the talking in the book is Ed's talking, not Lorraine's talking. Mm. So Ed, you know, at first would be like just like me, like maybe someone's playing a prank on you. Yes. Like maybe you – you know, someone has the key to your apartment. Every time you leave, they take the doll and they move it to another place. And they're tricking you. So he does ask these questions and then they say, no, you know, we, we did like some setups where we put like things down to make sure like no one else, nothing else would have moved. Like if someone came in, those things would have moved, like maybe like a paper. Sure. So they did things like that. So, okay. So he keeps going and keeps asking questions. At one point, the nurses, they brought in a medium, not, not the Warrens. They brought in a different medium to find out what was going on with the doll. Did they say something about a little girl attached to this doll? Correct. That's what I get on the doll. Yeah. Like without knowing what you were about to say. Like like when I cuz I yeah. Okay, so the medium says but but hold on a second. The medium says that a girl died at the property at age 7 and the, and the girl's name was Annabelle Higgins. Mm. Okay. So, what happens here is these two nurses the, the okay, how do I put this? The spirit through the medium mm-hmm. asks if they could stay in the doll. Okay. okay. And of course, like most of our Mystic Michaela spiritual family members <laughs> They're like, of course. Our indigos, our blues. I'm assuming these two nurses had some blue in their aura. Right. They're like, of course. Yeah. We'd love it if this little Annabelle Higgins We'll take care of you. Yeah, because right. Yeah, because through the medium Basically, the spirit was saying, oh, I just want someone to play with. Yeah. And I just want to be around you guys and all this stuff. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, now, when Ed hears this, he freaks out. Okay. Okay. Because basically what happened here through this medium is the nurses 
gave permission for the spirit to enter the doll. Mm-hmm. They gave recognition to the spirit. Okay. Um, so once you've, you've done that, you've invited it in to your home. Okay. Okay. So Cal, after this happens, then things get like, after the medium comes, then things get like really crazy. Okay. So Cal claims the doll climbed up his leg. The right oh my God. Climbed up his leg and strangled him. Come on. It's a, yeah, that's what he claimed in the book. Um, <laughs> that's all right. Cal, Cal also claims another time that the doll cut him. Oh. Like it's like Chucky, I guess the same as Chucky. Okay. Seven times. So he had seven cuts on his chest, three going vertical and four going horizontal. And maybe okay. they wanted to play tic-tac-toe. I don't know. Um, but so then Ed asked, can I see the, the cut marks? Can I see the wounds? And Cal said that they healed within like a day. So he had like <laughs> seven deep cuts that just healed. Okay. All right. So I, I, again, I don't, I don't know. You know, how do you say that didn't happen? How do you say it did happen? Uh-huh. But this is where Ed starts to freak out on them. Okay. Okay. So now, and remember, I think you did say he might have some anger issues. He does, or, yeah. Yeah. He starts getting really upset. He actually starts like kind of victim shame okay and he starts like, yelling at them sort of so to say like you brought this upon yourself mm-hmm. this is your fault uh annabelle would have never the spirit would never have been able to come into your home if you would have just never hired that medium mm-hmm. and never said all these things and then he goes on to say that annabelle duped them so she pretended there never was he's claiming there never was a 7-year-old girl. Okay. The the 7-year-old girl she appeared to the medium. Right, it's a trick. As a trick. Mm-hmm. Cuz the demon he says is full of lies, all the thing all, all demons do is lie. They just right. lie and they dupe you mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that. So so again, I don't know if that just happened to you too cuz you also said you felt that girl attached to it, but there really according to Ed there was no girl. Maybe okay. there was a girl. I don't know. You know. Maybe he's just saying it's a demon. Did they ever do the history of the house or the history of that? Um, Was there that girl named that? Like, you know, like. There's a loose. loose. Okay. Yeah. Um, So what do you do at this point? So Ed and Lorraine call in the big guns. They call in the Roman Catholic Church. Mm -hmm. All right. So they call in Father Everett. That was the the guy's name. That he was like a, a priest, but he was like really how do you like rookie. He was he wasn't really great at exorcisms or whatnot. He was just like starting out, okay, or whatever. Um, and then they call him in to do the prayers, and they have like he goes to all the rooms and recants the exorcism blessings, mm-hmm. and he sprays his holy water and does all the all these things and blah 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 blah. And supposedly, you know that saves the nurses. And okay. then the Warrens take the doll home with them. So what do you, what do you think? Look, look at that doll. What do, you, what do you get from that doll? Honestly, I get like a little girl energy around it. Um, but it feels like playful, but also a little manipulative. Okay. Uh, that's what it feels like to me. Like it feels like looking at the doll, it feels very personified. Okay. I don't quite know what that means. Like right. I wouldn't let my... I, sometimes I ask myself, would you let your kids play with it? And I'd be like, absolutely not. You, you wouldn't. <laughs> no. 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 And I wouldn't want it around me. It just feels weird. It feels a little bit too personified or a little too. Is that from all the attention that has gotten over the I years? don't like, listen, like I, we have two girls, so we have dolls all over the place. Okay. None of them feel like that. Sometimes a doll does feel creepy though. Everybody always, says. Everyone always gets a creepy doll. There's always like a creepy doll. Dolls are a little creepy, but like, you know. So it's a dolls are a little creepy. Yeah. We have dolls everywhere, and I don't, 
I don't feel creepy okay. about it. You know what I mean? It's like a different type of thing. This one feels like a little personified. Like it's a little bit like attached. There's like, something like a, attached There's it. something. To me, it feels like a little girl attachment. But So maybe it is a little girl and not a demon. No, but I don't have like that feeling towards it of like motherliness or I feel bad for it or anything like that. Also, I, I see what he's saying in a way because I wouldn't like honestly, and I just don't know if I'm just... I don't, I don't think they would ask like a like a like a dead child would ask that. Like I, that's not been my experience okay. ever. Um, so you're saying like when they, the medium conjured whatever was in this doll, they wouldn't be all sweet and say, "Oh, this is Annabelle Higgins. I died here. I just want to play with you." Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I don't know if like you. I don't understand like why taking over the doll is a thing. It feels like there's some sort of something going on here that I can't put my finger on it but it doesn't feel like it's just like a little ghost doll okay you know like it feels like something else so is it a demonic doll i don't know if it's a <laughs> demonic doll either it like just feels what the words are saying. it's a little too much you know i don't always i don't know if i agree with their terminology yeah. all the time that's okay. the other thing like i think there's a lot of different energies for a lot of different things i mean it could be something uh it could i don't know if it definitely feels like I, to me, this is what it feels like to me. It feels like this doll is attached to a little girl's energy. Okay. That's what it feels like to me. But it right. doesn't feel like a healthy attachment, and it doesn't feel like something that is yeah. any good comes from it. Okay. Does it, does it feel like something would – the doll could kill you? No. Okay. But the doll does feel a bit <laughs> – because it's a doll. But a doll does feel a bit manipulative. Okay. And I do not know what that That's means. Weird. That's weird. Like maybe the doll could make you get in your head or make you think certain things or make you – like have weird thoughts or kind of hijack your, your, you know, your mind, your settings, I guess, okay. like the way that you think or whatever. And I don't know what that, I don't always have, I can only tell you what I feel. Yeah. I don't have names for that. I don't have a category for that. I've never felt that before, but it's weird. Okay. It's well, like one of those things I just wouldn't let it in my house. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and, the, and the Warrens did. They actually brought the doll home with them. That's weird. It, which is weird in itself. I'm like, well. I just like like burn it or throw it out or something, but well, no, Ed says we're, we're gonna take it home so they can charge. Yeah, and then they put it in the back seat of their car. Uh huh. And apparently, on their drive home, the car kept stalling out. Oh. They almost got into a few car crashes. Their brakes didn't work. Oh, okay. Everything that could go wrong with the car did apparently because the doll was there. Ed then threw some holy water on the doll, and that stopped it. Okay. Like that, again, according to the book. Right. Uh, then he keeps the doll in his office for a while. Yep, keeps it there. People come over. They say how weird the doll is. The doll does tricks, you know, parlor tricks over the next couple of weeks, you know, weird things like moving things, moving around the thing. Apparently, the, the according to Ed, the doll has a pet cat, black cat that she's with as well. Do you pick up a black cat with no, this doll? I don't like that he's bringing cats into it. Yeah, Ed says there's a cat there. Okay. Uh, black then, cats have enough problems. Right. They don't need that. Yeah, and then he tells like all these stories of how he's having meetings and then, you know, because the doll's just what, sitting in the chair next to it. Like, who has this doll? Like a raggedy hand doll out. And like the, everyone's like creeped out by the doll and whatever, you know. So all this goes on and eventually they they put it in the cabinet, black cabinet. Yeah. Never open this or whatever. And they mm-hmm. put it in their occult museum. Mm-hmm. Occult? Is that yeah. is it? Occult museum. And I guess then they charge money for it. I don't, you know, yeah, to right. see this doll. Right. But, what, but then I'm like wondering, like, like just a plexiglass thing is going to stop it? You know, this. Well, like, I can see like I either. like touching it or yeah. exchanging energy with it, and perhaps like that. Right. You know, but that goes against the claim of like 
why don't you just burn it? Ed's got this thing like where I mean, this is just what I get from him and everything that you're saying and just his own vibe. It's kind of like he's got a superiority complex to the quote demons that, you know, he's of such high moral regard. He can fight them and they don't do anything to him. And yeah. hey, look, I'll put that in my office like a little, like like you'd stick a tiger in a cage. Exactly. And be like, yeah, you know, it's no different than Philip and Tiger King. You know what I mean? Like with his tiger in a cage, like look what a big man I am. Like he's putting demons in a cage. He's like, look what I can do. You know? Yeah, like why? It, the demon can't possess me. I'm not weak. Right. You're it, weak. You know, like exactly. that. Exactly. This is such a... Because, like, you know, they were also saying, like, there's a powerful demon in there. Okay. Like, Beelzebub or yeah. something. I don't know what nonsense. Like, if this demon was so strong, I think it'd be able to take out Ed Warren, too. It's no different than the Tiger King dude. What was his name again? Yeah. It's terrible. Uh, yeah, the Tiger King guy. Oh, God. I forgot. We all knew his name yeah. for, like, a solid year. It's all we talked about. Yeah. I forgot his name. Yeah. Anyway, you know, him walking into a cage with, like, 20 of them. He's like, look, they would rip you to pieces. But look at, they're not, it's the same crap. Yeah. Like, it was. And we all know who that ended. Poor, how that ended. Yeah, these poor indigo <laughs> nurses and Cal, who's probably a purple blue himself, you know. I don't know about getting, the doll. Like, Come on. Yeah. And then. Ed's, it doesn't have like opposable thumbs. How is it picking up a knife and slashing know. you? I have no idea. Does it, did it duct tape it to its own hand? It doesn't have like a, yeah, a hand. Know. It I has know, just. I don't. <laughs> that's my question. It's like, how did it grip the knife? All right. It's like a. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know. If it was a, they me. never said knife. They never said knife in the book. They just said there were seven cuts. Like, just explain it to me. Like, yeah. what was it gripping? Yeah. Well, you well, maybe I don't. Maybe Cal cut himself. You cut yourself. <gasps> oh my god. Oh my god. That's interesting because I think that doll could get in your head. Yeah. That I can see. Okay. We're getting. We're burning this book. I know it's not good to burn books. <laughs> no, you're but... right. That it could get in his head. Yeah. Because I cut myself the other day when you were like talking about this. That is okay. That's weird. Uh. Yeah. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. All right, so... The question now is, is this stuff real <laughs> or is this not real? Okay. Do I believe Ed and Lorraine Warren? You know, we've already proven that we're kind of like them. So now <laughs> it's kind of, kind of proving. It's kind of freaky. Yeah, it's a little freaky. <laughs> and, you know, the rest of the book is all the different stories of all the cases that – not all the cases, but a lot of the famous cases they went to, places they went. A lot of them are in New England. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they were in Connecticut, so easy to get to. And, and the rest of the book is filled with, like, exorcisms – uh, Ed having conversations with demons, okay. you know, during exorcisms. Okay. A lot of, lot of Catholic faith being put here. Yeah, if you're Catholic, this isn't weird. Yeah. Lo- I have to tell of, you that. Yeah. A lot of stuff like that uh, with, you know, using holy water, mm-hmm. spe- you know, Jesus' name, everything being done in Jesus' name. Yeah. 
and all the, a very Catholic religious tone to it as well when facing the demons. And there was a then I'm you know as I'm going through there's a couple of stories and this, this was the story that I started to think wait a second maybe there's something else going on here. Mm-hmm. So Ed and Lorraine Ed t- again telling the story they were in New York City they were having a lovely time in New York City they wanted to beat the traffic or something so they went down an alley they go down this alley and in the alley is a man you know covered with filth you know, disgusting, grotesque, whatever. That's how they describe it in the book. You know, I guess if you've been, you know, we've been to New York City and people have jumped out of garbage. That like, happened walking to by. me. That happened to you. I did. I screamed. You screamed. It was just a, a homeless man. guy. Slipping in garbage. <laughs> right. I, I, didn't, I thought it was a trash bag coming at me. Yeah. We didn't, no, it was really sad. But no, was, at the same time, I did sad. scream. Yes, you did scream. <laughs> and, but at the, t- the time, I didn't think... He was a demon in this man. No. Okay. <laughs> so you were just like, keep moving. You're okay. Right. Everything's but good. Get, apparently Ed, you know, then step, stoops down to look at this man. And he said, oh, he says, I know what ha- is happening here. A demon is in you. And apparently the demon talks to him through this man in, you know, who's just lying in an alley in New York City. And then I kind of wondered something here. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, they're very religious. They're Roman Catholic devout Catholics, is there something else here? Is demon code for something else? Mm. Is demon maybe code for mental illness? Mm -hmm. Is demon code for drug abuse, gambling addiction, you know, alcohol addiction, uh, you know, depression, people dealing with some sort of issues? Mm -hmm. Because this this is kind of weird, like weird to me. Like you go down, you know, an alleyway, you see a man and now a demon is talking to you. Like, and... The demon's telling you he'll be dead in two days because I possessed him. Yeah. And then I'm saying, like, well, wait, is this is he kind of using these vices in society and proclaiming that they're demons? Mm-hmm. You know, and then fitting it into this religious narrative where I'm gonna bring in the Catholic Church, we're gonna sprinkle some holy water on you, say a few prayers, and the demons are gonna be gone and you can go and live fulfilling lives again. Right. Because a lot of the people in the book are are female. Mm. They're kind of younger. They're people who have had issues, sometimes even like rape victims. Oh. Um, you know, so I, I don't know. This is now I'm starting to think, wait a second. What is this? Is this more of a religious thing mm-hmm. than an actual Like you're saying it's ju- like a, judge, a judgmental. Is this more like a him, yeah, being this like high and mighty red aura dude coming mm. in and saying, Oh, it wasn't, you know, it's not a drug addiction. It's not mental illness that's got this guy. Mm-hmm. It's a spirit's possessed him. A demon's possessed him. And you have him. to be more religiously devout. And if you're more religiously devout. And moral. Right. And live by this. Yes. Uh, yeah. And if you say this prayer in Jesus' name, you're going to be freed from this possession. Yeah. And you have to be really careful of this stuff, too, because, I mean, this is just the sad reality that a lot of people in the world believe that things are demonic possessions and not right. a mental illness and they'll kill their own children over it or they'll kill family. Like it's, it's kind of like a miss, it's a miseducation. It's a miss. It uh, like a lot of times it's just something's wrong with somebody. Yeah. And, and this is kind of like outsourcing it to, Oh no, it's just evil, you know? And it's like, well, it's, it could be like a, like just another problem. Yeah. And you're calling it that. And, and right. And, and then let's go back to their backgrounds again. Now I'm getting like, the very logical red here. So, mm-hmm. you know, born in the 20s, 40s, he's fighting in World War II, comes from a military background. 
Uh, and again, man, he, he's definitely the leader of these two, by the way, right? I think we've established that. Yeah. <laughs> the purple, indigo, the red. <laughs> we established it. Okay, yes, we're establishing right. it. Okay. The, yeah. And, you know, the 70s, when they're doing this, end of the 60s, 70s, you got a lot of things are going on. You got Woodstock. You got the hippie movement. People are protesting Vietnam. You can't even look at me straight I know. Cause, okay, keep going. Yeah. So, you know. <laughs> Maybe he felt, maybe they felt this was like, it was slipping from them. You know, like a new type of, you know, spirituality was coming up. What? What? Because you're like, because it sounds like you in a way. You're like, TikTok and these award shows and the celebrities and the realities. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe, maybe. Like, you know, right. Yeah. So he might have been red ranting a bit. He might have been red ranting a bit. He sees the new generation. He's like, what a bunch of, you know, come on. Yeah. Yeah. What a bunch of, you know, non religious. You know, fools morally running corrupt. Around. They don't know what how to make a yeah. you know listen, living. Yeah, listen to their Jimi Hendrix, and yeah. rock and roll music. And... <laughs> All right, I mean, it's possible. <laughs> yeah, it's possible. and then he's like, you know, the demons. Man. The I, demons okay. will get you. Yeah. That, well, that, well, I don't know now. You know, well, it's cold. Thinking. Yeah. All right. So. Yeah. Code for lazy thinking or something like that. I know what you mean. Yeah. I know what you mean. All right. So here's what I think. And, you know, I, I feel Let like. Let me just start laughing. <laughs> <laughs> no, because it's just so funny because we try. So many people wrote in and they're like, hey, you guys are like Ed and Lorraine Warren. Know, but do- and I'm like, hey, Scott, like you should look. And I didn't know anything about them really. And I'm like, you should look into them. And then you did. And like, I get it. I get why people are saying that about us. But then. As it kind of unfolds, like all the allegations, yeah, I think we'll get you're, into that. Yeah, yeah. And, and how they allegedly were, and like what comes out after, and things like that. It's like, oh lord, like. But at the remember at the beginning, I said I saw in their eyes. It's like they lost their ability to ground themselves. Yeah. Okay. I feel yeah. like that's what happened. Okay. You know what I mean? Like they lost. They kind of and and hey, we have to watch that too. I think everybody has to watch that. You can't leave your grounding. <laughs> like you have to. You have to stay, I guess, in a in a in a broader perspective. Okay. You can't just go flip and narrow your vision so much. But but yeah, yeah. All right. Interesting. All no, right. but I, I believe I believe as for the demon thing. Like, you know, two things can be true. I believe that there's evil in the world. Yeah. I believe that some things are portals to that energy, and I believe that you got to trust your gut. Okay. If something doesn't feel right, it's not right. And you don't always have to diagnose it or have a label for it or whatever. But at the same time, sometimes people, they just need help in other areas and maybe they can outsource it to something else going on. So, you know, my, my life is horrible. My house also happens to be haunted, yeah. you know, like that kind of thing. It's like, what? You know, like, cause a lot of these people always have money problems or marriage problems or, or tra- traumatic incidences they haven't dealt with or stuff like that. And then this is happening too. Is it happening because of that, is it happening because you're in a place where things can get you easier? Like, what is the relationship? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because, like, remember when we did Amityville? Mm-hmm. The guy was down on his luck. He was in debt, right? The house yeah. was – he overpaid. You know, he couldn't afford the house. Yeah. So – and then – and, by the way, the Warrens did come in there at the end. The yeah. Warrens were there. They were – they showed up in right. Amityville. So the other the other thing – and then now we go let's, – let's fast forward to the 2000s. So okay. the question of character comes into play now. Because they – so then they pick up the movies The Conjuring. The Conjuring mm-hmm. is based on the on the cases of the Warrens. The, and, be, and The Conjuring, the first film, was a huge box office success. 
monster. They didn't expect it. Came out of nowhere. And it featured – I didn't see the movie myself, but it does feature the Warrens in a certain way. Okay, And then from there you get all these offshoots of The Conjuring. So there's there's tons of them. There's like uh, – I don't know, Annabelle and then there's like all these – The Conjuring 2. Conjuring 2, yeah. Conjuring 3. Probably every one is worse than the, the last. <laughs> I'm sure. But the first one was a huge success. <laughs> yeah. And people loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, so then it comes out. Some things come out. Now these are alleged. These yeah. are not – you know, never been found guilty in a court of law. So there was this Judith Penny who – and she's in her 70s now. Mm-hmm. When, when she's writing this, claims that she was Ed's, I don't know, Jumanji, her lover, his, his lover, Jumanji, Jumanji friend for 40 years. <laughs> okay. 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 Well, that's a long time. Yeah. Apparently she like lived with them okay. for a while. She met him when he was a bus driver Oh. and she was, claimed she was 15. Yeah. So she moved into the Warren's home. Oh my God. Now the Warren's. The Warrens don't refute that, that she actually lived there. Mm-hmm. They claim that she was their niece. So, okay. But, you know, she says at one point she became pregnant oh my with God. Ed's child, and they forced her to have an abortion. Oh, my God. Which is also, you know, for devout Catholics. Yeah. But, again, these are all her, she said These this. are all allegations. This is what she said. Mm-hmm. Right. And... Most of this, this was all said after the Conjuring movies came out and Ed Warren has, was no longer alive. He died in uh, 2006. What did Lorraine have to say then? She denies that as well. Okay. You know, she, she claims that it was a niece. They took her in. She was right. like a, or I, th- I think she said they took her in because she was from, had nowhere to go or something okay. like that. Okay. But I don't know. We did find a picture of I have a picture Judith. of her with Ed. Oh, um, she's she older was, here. Okay. No, she's older. She's older. Um, again, like these are just my own thoughts and, you know, this isn't me. You know, and I, I hate, you know, sometimes it's like put me on the spot. And no, I, wanna, I know. Like, it's so convoluted. Here's my thing. Ed feels like he got what he wanted and could make a lot of logic making it uh, to be acceptable for him. So kind of what's good for the goose isn't good for the gander. So, and I can see Lorraine dealing with it just because he seems kind of scary. So it's kind of like, well, whatever you want, whatever, whatever. Hey, take him off my hands a bit. And this Judith, she's older in this photo. She's an adult woman with him. To me, it doesn't look like some sort of... I lived in your house relationship, just like whatever, or like he's a father figure to her. It feels like something more to me. Okay. But these are obviously just my interpretations off the energy I'm getting right. and obviously not me accusing anybody of anything, but like, yeah, I tend to, I tend to believe right. uh, Judith on this one. Okay. <laughs> and, it, and again, she does come out with this after The Conjuring came out. Mm. So in The Conjuring, you know, the... Ed and Lorraine are seen as this perfect couple. Person upstairs? Oh, we don't have a living person. No, we just get cats. Remember, I think in one of the earlier episodes, I claimed we had our living You did. <gasps> you did, you sicko. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm like, Ed, this is horrible. <laughs> it's like this book's doing to you. This book is like altering my mind. I'll never um, have that. I'll only have cats moving in. That's all I'll have. Okay. <laughs> and so... Again, it comes out after the movie. She wasn't obviously. She wasn't in her characters. Not in the movie. So the in the Conjuring, they don't have this like live-in person of thirty years hanging out with the Warrens. 
So obviously maybe she felt slighted or at this time she felt, oh, I need to – these are two superheroes that they're portrayed in, in the movie and she wants to take them down a peg. I did also look into the author, Brittle. In the beginning, he, ba- you know, he basically says this is, this is a work of nonfiction. Everything in here is true. Everything that Ed and Lorraine say, I, you know, we wrote it down. And it, this is true. Like he is very complimentary of the Warrens, but then again, the the film comes out right, and I guess Brittle Brittle claimed that he had made a deal with the Warrens that he had full rights to all the case studies that were in this book. Oh, so like meaning like if they wanted to make a movie out of it one day, mm-hmm. which they did, uh, he would get a cut. He yeah. would be part of it. Okay. Uh, the the story of the Conjuring, however, is not in this book. Mm-hmm. By the way, just just so you know. So he now, you know, after the Conjuring came out, and he didn't get any money, and then he sued the studio because he said, "Hey, I got this contract with the Warrens to make money." He claims it's a work of fiction. Mm. So he now claims it's a he work. Threw of him fiction. under the bus. Threw him under the bus. Wow. After Ed dies, a lot of people came out and said, you know, some of the stories were embellished. Ed planted, you know, items and places and then took pictures. He told people to lie about some of the stories. He wanted to make it, even with the Amityville horror, he said, he, you know, make it sound as sensational as it could be. Yeah. So he is, like I think you said, he was a salesman. Mm-hmm. You know, so could something have happened? Sure. Could it have been something a little bit less than the Warrens were claiming? Sure. And I can see him using something like, I'm doing this to promote, you know, moral values. And that's why we embellish. Under the guise of the yeah, church? Yeah. Like this, this, you know, let's let's scare people into doing the right thing in life or let's scare people into moral, morality. Therefore, it's okay if we just kind of, I don't know, may exaggerate that a bit. But just like when we talked about the Amityville Horror and we've talked about other things um, on this podcast, I believe that there's a lot of stuff we don't have words for. And sometimes, like, a word like demon will try to encapsulate something and define it. I don't know if we can do that. I feel like there are things, like, I don't like Ouija boards and I don't like this book. You know, I feel like, like I said, there's portals to places you don't want to go and there's energy you do not want to let in. And, um, and yeah, so it, it, it's a weird kind of in-between space that it's hard. There isn't an answer. Okay. But... I feel like people like this, they bring it to our attention and we're like, oh, wow. But at the same time, you have to take it with a grain of salt because they have to make money too. And they might have to, I don't know, like they have their own motivations going on and and they've got their own things happening. So you have to, like we always say on here, you you have to trust your God. You got to trust yourself. Yeah. No. And okay. Yeah. And my, just my final thoughts on this. And I've always said this, I've said this on the podcast before, you know, Everyone knows I'm a skeptic. Everyone knows it's tough for me to believe things, even though I see things. You know, like I said, one time I saw a statue fly across the table. At my parents' house. At your parents' house. Mm -hmm. Um, But, and I believe, and I I believe in you, and I believe in, I do believe there's, there's things like this. Yeah. But I don't believe in people. Yeah. That has always been (laughs) my hangup. That's right. I think, like, like I said, things are weirder. Weird things have been happening since I brought this book in. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they're happening, but there have been happening mm-hmm. uh, since I brought this book. I'm getting rid of it right after that, so my back can stop hurting. <laughs> but 
I don't, your, your hand is like shaking. Yeah, I was, I'm, when you were doing the ad, I was also shaking. You're not doing, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so. Well, when you pay attention to this stuff, it gets stronger. That, yeah, and he does say that. Ed does say that in the book. Mm-hmm. You open yourself up. That's yep. what, like, what is a Ouija board? It's just a game made by Mattel, Yeah, I don't, right? I don't like even talking about this stuff because it opens, I know it opens you up. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I don't, but Ed himself, I don't know that I believe him. Yeah, I, I think he's a great salesman. Mm-hmm. I think there's something. I think I think there's something to these cases. Maybe it is just ghosts, and there aren't demons. Maybe we're just dealing with with the ghosts. And I think the the demon thing might. I don't know. I I, I think he probably embellished these things. I think he probably did set evidence up. I think he, you know, probably took pictures. You know, set the stage or told people, hey, you know, just make make this sound more than it is. So. That, that's where I stand. I mean, maybe there's a little something to these stories. Sure. You know, maybe I believe in, maybe I believe Lorraine even more than I believe him. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe she was a true psychic medium mm-hmm. who was able to, you she know, kind of connect. She feels very, 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 very psychic, psychic to yeah. me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would, I have, I would believe her over him, I guess. And I, and I think, I, yeah, I mean, that's it. I, I think most of this I think is made up. Okay. That, that's my final take on that's that. Your take. That's my final take. I, I, I think there's a little, but I don't. But I do believe in in the spirit thing, which yeah. is weird. I just don't know. I believe in Ed. Well, maybe you just don't believe in his interpretation. Yeah. So right. it's kind maybe of like when you is. read about history, there's different historians and yeah. different historical takes on things, and some people like some historical takes on things, or some people like other historical takes on things. You just don't like his histor- his take on it. Yeah. Or you can follow different like branches of a religion, and there's different pastors' takes on things like that. So right. I get what you're saying. His interpretation of this energy, you're not believing in it. Yeah. Exactly. Got it. Okay. Well, thank you all so much. Good luck sleeping tonight. Um, yeah, I, this book has got to go. <laughs> this book's leaving us immediately, although I will link it in the show notes. <laughs> take, take the pictures now. <laughs> Get some pictures taken and then uh, we're throwing okay. it out. Yeah. Know? Yeah. This podcast is for you and about you. And we're so glad you spent some time with us today. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.